Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Garrett, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, pop culture, travel, and entertainment, and more. We have a really busy schedule going on right now. I just wanted to mention you can also catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, which we simulcast on our page. You can catch us on Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers that we do game reviews for. Um, and, of course, we have our Skewed and Reviewed magazine. We're going to have a new issue coming soon. So uh, tonight it's just Justin and I. Michael is on his way to California because he is going to be covering uh, the Knott's Berry Farm special announcement. And that is where they're going to be rolling out the uh, plans for the 50th anniversary of Knott's Berry Farm, particularly what mazes will be featured, what new attractions and shows will be there, what new foods will be there, so on and so forth. I will be available uh, to cover it in September when the opening night actually happens. We have people, uh, we just got in our invite for not uh, for Universal's Halloween Horror Night, so we get our team going to that. And Michael is going to be covering um, Hello Scream at SeaWorld. So a lot of really good stuff coming up. We're really excited about that. And check on the page as we will have a lot of great information to share. So uh, let's get right to it. A lot of stuff going on. Just wanted to mention some games since that is going to be uh, part of our topic tonight is uh, some new stuff. Right now I'm playing Green Hell on um, the PSVR 2. And this is a really interesting game. This is a survival game. And uh, it has been out before, but now we get a uh, VR version of it. And essentially, as the player, you have to go through a tropical jungle and do all kinds of things like um, rescue uh, your missing wife from a uh, isolationist native tribe that has apparently a, a faction that has turned hostile. You have hostile wildlife. You have to do things like harvest certain plants to be uh, used as medicine. You have to light fires. And it's a lot of fun. I know one of the things I had a lot of fun with was I kept dropping my machete because I wasn't reaching far enough back or you have to grab your little walkie-talkie. But once you get used to it, it is a lot of fun. And the game is really enjoyable and different. So you want to check that out. For people who want something a little more straight-up fast action, there's a game called Marble It Up Ultra, and you can get it on PS5, uh, Switch, and Xbox, and it is really fun. If you think back to the old Marble Madness game, someone even said, oh, you know, it kind of reminds me in a way of Super Monkey Ball. And essentially what you have to do is race a marble through an increasingly difficult series of obstacles in order to get them to uh, the maze point. And there is a... Um, Solo play mode and a multiplay mode. Solo play mode, very simple. You're racing against the clock. Multiplay mode, obviously, you are racing against another person. The one I played, you had to fight your way through to try to claim a lot of uh, gems and stuff like that. So a lot of interesting stuff. And then, of course, we have the release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in this one, uh, similar if you've played games like um, the recent Evil Dead game, that there are people who play uh, the cannibalistic family, and of course one lucky person gets to play Leatherface, complete with a saw, and other people play a group of survivors. So your object, if you're a survivor, is just that, 
survive and escape. You have to get out of the house, not make noise, find certain items that'll help you escape and get away. And if you're the hunters, you have to do just that, track them down and take them out. So it's a challenging game. I, I think right now I found it a lot easier to be one of the hunters than the hunted, but it is an interesting game. We've got some video up. And if you'd like to see what happens when Leatherface actually catches you, uh, you can definitely do that because uh, that's exactly what happened to me. And so uh, another game that I wanted to mention was Fort Solace. Now, this is an interesting horror game. Apparently, a team of six people, only six people, and they did it in two years, stayed on time and on budget, and essentially, it's about a two-person repair crew, and one person goes off after getting an automated beacon from the distant Fort Solace. He goes there and quickly finds out things are not the way they are supposed to be, and he has to try to get through the mystery. There's a lot of puzzle solving, uh, some navigation. If you play on a keyboard without a controller, you better get used to being able to hit certain keys quickly. Uh, but what I've played, I've got about 44 minutes of video up. It is very impressive, uh, 46 minutes actually. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the overall reaction to that will be. So a lot of interesting stuff there. So Justin, we had news today as Gamescom is going on over in Germany. Uh, wanted to mention really quick too, on Warner Brothers Home Video, we had the Babylon 5, uh, The Way Home, uh, released there's also metal apocalypse army of the doom star so if you were a fan of that series and you like the r-rated fun you're definitely going to want to check that out so justin we had um an announcement out of sony today regarding their handheld unit so what can you tell us about that yeah so as you mentioned out of gamescom uh sony revealed some information about the playstation portal i think is what it's called well project q project q um, but basically this is that device. They, I think they showed it off first earlier this year. Um, as you know, it, there was a lot of confusion, at least among myself and some of the people around me about what exactly this was at first. Uh, it was kind of, you know, it looked really cool. It was kind of, uh, you know, oh my gosh, is this a new PlayStation portable kind of thing? Uh, what's going on with this? They did kind of softly reveal at the time, no, this is not like a, a its own standalone device. It does need a PlayStation 5 to work. And I think at the time, there, you know, at least myself, I, I, do, I did kind of criticize it as a, um, a device that I was skeptical of being successful because it seemed to me to essentially be a uh, just a little, uh, basically a portable screen that your PS5 can stream to within your home. Um, which I, I question the uh, I, I question how use or you know basically the use case for that or how much of a market there would be for something like that. Um, I was partially right, but I I am fully willing to admit that I'm uh, also was also partially wrong. It is a little more than what um, it initially seemed. So basically, this device works uh, by streaming, like uh, like like I you know, I just said, but it does actually stream over the internet. Uh, as long as your PlayStation 5 is on, you can actually access your PlayStation 5 and your PlayStation 5 li library uh, as long as the device is connected to the internet. So you could be somewhere else 
you don't have to be in your home you don't have to be in the vicinity of your playstation 5 as i understand it it will stream uh the content from your playstation 5 to the screen as long as it does have an internet uh, uh connection this is technology that i've been fascinated by and i've uh, been kind of a proponent of for a long time i know this was kind of uh, one of the big selling points for google's console it worked pretty much like this i, I know some some different companies have um, kind of dabbled into into the streaming content to a device um, uh, me uh, method of delivering games uh, and this is also something that the switch uses quite a bit as well a lot of ports because it cannot run on the switch hardware uh, they'll basically stream the game to the Switch. It's running somewhere else on a server, maybe, and then the game actually streams to the screen. It's really cool technology. Like I said, it's really cool technology. I do think, you know, eventually it will be very, very useful. I, I think it's still a little bit limited. It's still a little bit in, in its infancy, just because I, I, at least the times that I've used it, there is very noticeable, not very, but there is noticeable input lag and other streaming issues uh related to getting the games you know over the internet and you know that's that's something i don't know if, ever, if that's ever going to be completely 100 percent fixed just because of the nature of how that works I and mean, if you think about it if the playstation 5 and your home is actually running the software and then it basically streams that over the internet which could be you know in a different state or a different country who knows how how far away it is but if it's streaming that content, there is going to be a little, at least a little bit of input lag, um, and maybe other streaming issues, uh, buffering issues, um, or even just visual issues. It, it's just the nature of if you're at the source of the rendering, then it's going to be a little bit better quality. Um, that said, though, you know, I, I will, I'm fully willing to admit I was a little, I was wrong about my initial assessment of this. It is a little bit more than just. A smaller portable screen that you can use around your home uh, it does have a little bit more of a use case but um, I do you know have to bring up a, that it is $200 which is a little steep um, I, 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 I do think that there's a use case for it but the $200 mark I'm not 100% sure how successful this is going to be and, you know, I'm kind of curious. We all know that if you don't use the PlayStation 5, it won't go into a sleep mode. So, you know, I don't know if I want to run the risk of turning the thing on and then going off to wherever, clicking on my Wi-Fi and saying, okay, let's connect up. But, you know, who knows? That, uh, I, I'm sure there are settings you can go in. I just never bothered playing around with it because I'm content with if I you know if I'm not playing it it'll go into a rest mode and that sort of thing but it is one of those things that does absolutely make you wonder but it will be interesting to see how uh, this is uh, embraced because this was a bit of a uh, this was a bit of an issue for them if you remember correctly that um, they had these things they had uh, the PlayStation Plus, they had portable, they had the PlayStation Vita, and while they were great pieces of hardware, they did not do what people had originally hoped uh, they would do. So, you know, these were all things that had to be sorted out down the line. And that it's a shame because you want to see innovation, but at the same time, things have to be done, uh, you know, on a basis where the price and the features 
are appealing to people. So as you said, it'll be interesting to see what the response is. Uh, so we had an interesting thing happen this week, Justin. As you know, we had Gamescom. We had all these interesting-looking trailers roll out. Uh, but in the midst of all that, the will it happen, won't it happen, it seems like just when you think it's going to happen, a new wrinkle comes out. In the Activision um, Microsoft uh, merger that uh, the UK's Competition and Marketing Authority blocked the deal uh, because they had an issue with concerns about the impact the competition would have on cloud gaming. And so um, they had tried to say that maybe in Microsoft the deal was no longer, uh, this issue was no longer appropriate in light of the European Commission approval of the deal and the licensing deal. Well, apparently uh, their competition and marketing authority declined it and said, nope, uh, the deal cannot happen on a worldwide basis. So now apparently Microsoft and Activision have agreed to restructure the deal. And as such, Microsoft will not acquire cloud rights for exi existing Activision PC and console games. And this would not happen anywhere for the next 15 years. Uh, however, what's interesting is apparently Ubisoft is going to obtain the rights prior to Microsoft's acquisition which would allow the licensing out of Activision's content to any cloud gaming provider. And this is what they submitted. So what do you make of this? Yeah, you're right. This is uh, definitely an interesting wrinkle in this story. Um, I, I always suspected that there might be some issues, uh, you know, beyond just the, the issues in the United States, just because how big these two companies are. Um, and you basically have to have buy-in from everybody for all sorts of different countries and uh organizations so you know not just the individual countries but the eu as as an organization as well which is you know obviously an alliance uh, of, of interests of many european countries so if anybody if any one of those parties has an issue with this merger then it does throw a wrinkle in in uh, what goes on and i, I can't pretend to know all the intricate details of, of what options are available. Um, but I, I do wonder, you know, I got, it is kind of interesting that um, they're basically uh, going to give up some of the, the, the rights of some of their intellectual property uh, in order to let this go through, you know, presuming that it, by giving up these, uh, these cloud rights that it gets the, uh, the UK on board. So that's definitely an interesting turn. Um, I do wonder if it's one of those cases where maybe it, the merger goes through in the United States, but they have to operate as, as separate entities elsewhere, um, but which would be very complicated. But uh, I don't really know of any other precedent like this. So I am kind of you know in in a cloudy area, and it's definitely outside my expertise to really comment you know in, in a, a very uh, uh, educated way as to what what's going to happen but all i can say it's just a it's a, it's interesting to watch and it, whatever happens it will affect the industry by quite a bit yeah it's just crazy some of the stuff that's uh going on right now so it'll be interesting to see if they are able to uh pull this forward and uh get this thing completed because it seems like just when you think everything is done uh something new has popped up to you know delay it even more so 
it's crazy because you know right now they've got my they've got a Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 3 uh, beta test dates announced. They've got the game coming. We've seen the gameplay trailers. There was a Warzone uh, mission that was added just recently that was fantastic, and it sets the stage uh, for the next game uh, by doing a special mission, and there, there's a cutscene before and a cutscene after that puts it all together as to how this is going to fit into the next game, and, you know, there you have it. So, uh, Gamescom, we had some interesting stuff. I mean, some of the things I've, I've gotten over the last few days... Dune Spice Wars, Turok 3, which is getting a remaster, Farming Simulator 2022, or 22, excuse me, Tekken 8, Cyberpunk 27, the, uh, excuse me, 2077, Phantom Liberty, we got Little Nightmares 3, there was uh, Expeditions, a Mudrunner game, we got another look at Assassin's Creed Mirage, we got the first Descendant, we got uh, the Crew Motor Fest, which looks really good. One of my favorite games, Bulletstorm, I've been saying for years, I wish they would make a new game because we had Bulletstorm, we had Bulletstorm Remastered, and now we have Bulletstorm VR. So, you know, I look forward to that, but I'd much rather have a Bulletstorm too. Uh, we got the Nightingale, and we've got, of course, as I mentioned, Modern 3. We've got, you know, Starfield, and just so much more. And then the one that really kind of floored me was... Uh, they had Homeworld 3, they had Post-Trauma, but we got a debut for Killing Floor 3. And when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was a new Doom game or a new Quake game. Because, you know, it was showing this creature being assembled, and I'm like, oh boy. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's uh, Killing Floor 3, but that's still not a bad thing. Uh, what stood out to you, Justin? Yeah, uh, the... It was a long show. There were so many announcements. It's hard to even remember everything that was announced. Um, I, I guess not really a lot of announcements. There were, most of the games were, were games we knew about, but um, we got new trailers for. Um, but there was just a lot. There was a lot of content. Um, the things that stood out to me, Homeworld, like you mentioned, Homeworld 3, uh, I've been waiting for that. So we got a little bit of a, a, of a look uh, at Homeworld 3. Not a really much gameplay uh was really just kind of just another trailer um for it but but still i'm excited for it it's it's coming up uh pretty soon um honestly the cyberpunk phantom livery uh trailer really and, and a lot of the not just that but the not not just the phantom liberty content but the 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 changes they detailed with the upcoming patch which will affect the base game as well I think was very impressive. Uh, honestly, one of the most impressive things of the show. Um, really, if if it, I hate to get, you know, uh, I don't want to say tricked. I, I actually liked Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven quite a bit, but, um, you know, it did it did have a rough launch. I think that that it, it just about anybody would agree with that. That it had a rough launch. It's had a rough go for a while, um, but. Uh, the changes they've detailed with this upcoming patch, I think, would warrant looking back at the original game again if if they actually do deliver it. So I'm, that was very impressive. Um, the uh, the re the RTX remaster for Half Life Two I thought looked incredible. I, it's not just a simple remaster. It looks like they're actually going through and and touching up mo a lot of the textures of a lot of the assets in the game. So it really does look very impressive. So not only is there RTX lighting, but there's also a lot of uh, texture work going into that, so that looks really good as well. Um, the very light 
look at Starfield, but you know that's right around the corner. Um, Alan Wake Two, another story trailer for that, looked really good as well. Um, definitely looking forward to that. Um, that's one of my my top games I'm looking forward to um, across the board. So there was a lot to to, to get excited about, even uh, remasters for uh, Dark Forces uh, and Turok Three. Um, and then, like you said, an announcement for Killing Floor uh, 3 as well. So, that you know, there was a little bit of everything, I, I think, with, with this particular show. Um, and I think if I had to really choose one specific thing that I think impressed me, I would, I would probably land on the Cyberpunk 2077 trailer. Um, but the, everything else I mentioned also looked pretty good. Absolutely, and I think, you know, let's not forget Mortal Kombat 1 is in beta right now, too, so that's going to be getting some interesting responses. So, I wanted to make sure that we don't uh, end the show yet uh, without discussing the Alien and Predator news of the week, and in this case, it is actually uh, Predator news that Prey is going to be getting a home video release, and at the same time, Wolverine is going up against the Predator in a series of Marvel comics. And not to be outdone, Disney's come out and said, oh yeah, uh, we're going to do the two seasons of The Mandalorian. We are going to do uh, WandaVision, and we are going to do the first season of Loki in high-def uh, DVDs. And we are going to uh, put these out with bonus scenes, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. What do you make of all those, Justin? Yeah, you know me. I'm always always about any news or any content in the Alien vs. Predator franchise. So, um, a prey was great. You know, I, I, uh, I I'm I would definitely watch it again. I think it definitely deserves a a, a nice um, a, a nice release. Um, yeah, hopefully, there's some more content. I I wouldn't expect like a director's cut or anything like that. But um, any behind the scenes content would be pretty cool as well. Um, but uh, one thing I did want to mention is uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who directed Prey, did what uh, was asked about a a potential sequel, and he didn't he didn't say no. <laughs> so there is there is that. Um, he's basically he basically kind of gave a boilerplate. We're talking about uh, what we can possibly do next. So it, it does sound like it's something that is being explored. Um, so hopefully this amounts to a sequel. Um, and then you know as you mentioned. Yeah, new comics, it's definitely always a, a good thing to look into as well. Let's not forget Ahsoka is on um, Disney Plus right now, so definitely check that out. Okay, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight. Make sure that you take care. Have a very safe week ahead, and we'll talk to you soon.